0: Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at the BatmanUniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show.
1: Hi, my name is Peter Tomasi. Hi, this is James Hyman IV. Hi, I'm Andrew. Hey, I'm Dustin Wood. This is Jim Lee. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Mark Hamill speaking. Uh, this is Kevin Conroy. <laughs> this is Tim Sale. Hello, everyone. I'm Batman, and you're listening to my podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 13, Episode 19. I'm your host Ian, and I have with me. This is Steph, and this is Theo. And today we're going to have our first all fear state, all the time episode um not a whole lot of news coming out uh because probably we're going to have a bunch of news dropping at the end of this week so possibly the very day that you listen to this podcast with the first day of DC fandom so we'll definitely be uh paying attention to fandom uh they didn't do a lot of comic announcements last time but they did do some fun behind the scenes comics panels uh last year with fandom so I'm hoping for at least that Maybe they will decide to do big announcements, since they don't really have New York Comic-Con, which is usually happening at this time. Actually, no, it was happening, but they didn't do any announcements. So I think they're trying to save that for their own proprietary online worldwide convention. (laughs) Keep your eye on the Batman Universe for coverage of that, if we can do it. We also had some news of the Batman Catwoman special, which originally was going to be drawn by John Paul Leon, who tragically died Very young, this early this year. I believe Tom King has said that Leon had finished about half of the book. And so they're probably going to collect other artists to do a tribute to Leon as well as the story that he was originally working on. Some somewhat odd news. Um, Originally, a small sort of fan, semi-professional film organization had announced they were going to do a live action adaptation of the Batman Wayne Family Adventures webtoons, which you can check out Steph and I's uh, round robin reviews that we've been doing on the website. And they'd shown cast and behind the scenes and uh, a small trailer showing people in costume. And then all of a sudden, Everything vanished, no uh, announcements, and the cast who were active on social media started talking about how things happen for a reason and stuff, you know, the kind of things that you say when something bad happens and (laughs) you're hoping to sort of have a good mental attitude towards that. So I think that it has been canceled even though it was announced as official, and I have a theory about that. I think that Webtoons had approved the adaptations, but Warner Brothers had not. And we've seen this kind of bifurcated approval process before in DC. We've had people announce something and then Warner Brothers takes it back because it doesn't want to deal with X, Y, or Z consequence. But I am kind of disappointed. They did have some pretty cool cast members, especially, I think, the cast uh, for Cassandra Kane. She was like a martial artist and some of the stuff of her practicing looked really cool. So I I thought that could have been really cool to see Cassandra Kane played by a martial artist. But as far as we can tell, it's either delayed for a significant period of time or it's canceled. The fact that it's completely vanished without an announcement after a fairly splashy announcement, I think that does indicate it's canceled, although they seem to be trying to memory hole it. So we'll have to wait and see what that was. Any thoughts on any of our news this week?
0: I was a little sad. I was glad that we'd finally get a live action Damien and then it disappeared.
1: That's true. We we have not had a live-action Damien yet. We've had several animated ones. Yes. But no live-action. And it would have been the second live-action Stephanie Brown and technically the second live-action Cassandra Kane, but anyone who tells me that Cassandra Kane in the Birds of Prey movie was No. She wasn't. She just was, was not, not Cassandra Kane. No. She was not. In not. any <laughs> way. if uh,
2: stop. Don't.
1: Just, just. So it would don't. have been the first live-action Cassandra Kane.
2: Yes. Just. <laughs> All right, I'm not, gonna be, I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. Just think about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I, am, I am disappointed because I did not see the trailer, so I missed out on seeing the first appearance of it. I have to say, it, it wasn't that impressive as a trailer.
0: It it really felt more like. A teaser trailer for Titans.
1: Yeah. And that's the wrong marketing for yeah. Webtoons, what they're doing. Like, the Webtoons should have been like quick jokes and funny, you know, character moments, which is what the Webtoon is. And that's why we love it. And trying to market it like it's TV. <laughs> like, there's this great uh, YouTube sketch about Titans and how they pitch it. What about Mean Titans? I mean, that's kind of what Titans markets itself as.
2: <laughs> so. Would you all be disappointed if I was to say I have not watched an episode of Titans this season?
0: Oh, I haven't watched it since season one.
1: I have watched most, but not all of season two. I have not watched any of the new season. I probably should because it sounds like they're doing some fun stuff, but it's just not the kind of show that I'm really excited about. Even though I do like the fact that it has three Robins at this point. All right, but that is kind of a side note. (laughs) Let us begin our reviews, and we're going to start with Batman number 114, part three of Fear State.
2: I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman!
1: Batman 114, written by James Tynan IV, illustrated by Jorge Jimenez, and colored by More. We begin down in Eden, Poison Ivy's subterranean lair. Miracle Molly tinkers with some technology while she listens to the anti-oracle spread messages of fear. Molly barks in frustration, which catches Queen Ivy's attention. She sees that Molly is also mad at the people of Gotham, too. But Molly clarifies she's mad at the systems in place that manipulate the people of Gotham. She's mad at the parrots in the media, at Mayor Nakano, and Simon Saint. Ivy notes that Molly brought technology into her garden. Molly apologizes, explaining she needs something to tinker with. Plus, her drones could come in handy. After explaining to Ivy what the insanity collection is, Molly also tells her that without the emotional baggage, Ivy could be one of the greatest heroes. Ivy tells Molly that her emotional baggage is what gives her the tools to survive, though she notes that Molly has an interesting and optimistic perspective. As the two continue to talk, Molly realizes what Scarecrow's plan is. Scarecrow is going to use the mind machine built by Master Wise on the entire city. High above Gotham City, Simon St. moves his UFO HQ over to where Peacekeeper X, Ricardo, has Peacekeeper one Uh, Sean Mahoney, surrounded. Saint tells Peacekeeper X that they want to bring in Sean Mahoney alive at all costs. If that's not possible, then Peacekeeper X has the firepower and authorization to do whatever is necessary. On the ground, Peacekeeper X tries to talk sense into Sean, offering to help his fellow magistrate colleague first. Perched above, Scarecrow listens in and he uses his Mad Hatter mind control to distort what Sean sees and hears. To Sean, Peacekeeper X appears as a monster. Scarecrow tells Sean that he's going to need to kill Batman in order to save Gotham. Sean breaks the sedative in Peacekeeper X's hands, then blocks a salvo of bullets from the other Peacekeepers around them. He disposes of the small army, moving in on Peacekeeper X last. They fight, and Sean gets the upper hand, but flees. Before Peacekeeper X can pursue, Batman intervenes and sends Peacekeeper X to the ground. Saint unleashes his full arsenal, and Batman is surrounded now. Peacekeeper 01 books it into a building far cover, with Scarecrow taunting him all the way in his head. While Batman is busy with magistrate soldiers and drones, Peacekeeper X tracks down Sean. Once again, Peacekeeper X tries to talk sense to his fellow Peacekeeper. This time, Sean responds with some grenades, which force Peacekeeper X to use heavy artillery that rips a hole through the entire building. The two Peacekeepers continue to battle brutally, with Scarecrow egging Sean on. Scarecrow finally pushes Sean to do what he must, and Sean beats Peacekeeper X to death. Simon Saint, beside himself, can't allow any of the technology to fall into Batman's hands now that X is gone. He orders that all of his drones and techs, including Peacekeeper X's suit, self-destruct. As Batman escapes the huge explosion in Gotham City, he's greeted by Miracle Molly. She knows exactly what Scarecrow is going to do, and she offers to help Batman stop him. So, we're at the halfway point of the Fear State event, and our first question will be, what do you think that the ultimate climax will be for Fear State?
0: Oh. I kind of... I think if Tinyin was sticking around I'd have hope that maybe things didn't go so well and we'd have more to work through cuz I think that would add a little more since fear state's been since future state's been taken away it might be cool to have fear state last a little longer so it would be kind of cool if they failed and everyone in town went nuts but um there'll probably be some satisfactory non-satisfactory happy ending conclusion and they'll stop Simon Saint Oh, no, Scarecrow from doing whatever it is he's going to do.
1: Well, we do know that Batman's going to leave Gotham at the end of this story. So can you think of any way that this confrontation could motivate him to leave the city that he's given up everything to protect?
0: Well, I guess it could be that he doesn't save the city. That between
1: Ghostmaker
0: and Robin and...
1: New Batman and
0: New Batman the and Bat-crows. everyone else <laughs> managed to fix it, the issue, and then Batman somehow is MIA through it and realizes that he city doesn't need him. Or maybe he does something. <gasps> maybe he kills Scarecrow, and so he goes on a soul searching he, journey to figure out kill who am Scarecrow. I.
1: Scarecrow.
0: I know he's not gonna kill Scarecrow.
1: Maybe he'll kill Simon Saint. He's not gonna kill anybody. He's Batman.
0: Well, that's why he might leave, or maybe he's going on his honeymoon.
2: <laughs> yeah, good luck with that one. Unfortunately. You, obviously you obviously didn't read the last article. One,
1: yep, my it's, articles make it very clear that DC is a jerk and is no. never going to get married.
0: That's why they're in the comics together so much lately, and I feel that's not cool. It's like I don't want them in the in the, or in the show, in the movies. I don't want them in the movies. I want them in the comics.
2: I I see either one or two things happening. I see one, kind of what Steph mentioned, you know, the family is there. They, they're they able to hold things down, and, and Bruce takes leave to find himself. Or I see Bruce saving the city, as he always does, but this time the reaction is, you know... Not what we've seen before, and it's
1: oh. it's
2: more more against him than anything, you know. Especially since we know that Nakano's still going to be around, and from that he may say, you know what, screw it, deuces, and take leave. So either one or two is what I could possibly see happen. I don't think it's gonna be a situation where he fails. I think it's gonna be a situation where either the family chips in and, and he sees that, you know, the family can hold things down and got them or he does Batman things and after he does his Batman things the city still rejects him and he's like, Well, screw it
1: what if here's a suggestion what if batman succeeds but the machine erases the memory of everybody that he succeeded so that they know something happened but then nakano and maybe even simon saint claims credit for it and batman's like i can't win
2: i think isn't that kind of what i said
1: (laughs) Well, but like I'm saying specifically, a key part is that the machine erases people's memories of what Batman did.
0: What if the machine erases Batman's trauma and he's like, I don't want to be Batman anymore?
1: That would be really extreme. I think that would be really interesting, but that would be really extreme.
0: That's kind of like, not really the opposite, but kind of the opposite of the Happy Pill urban legends.
1: I mean, it's what they already did in Super Heavy, so that's also why I kind of don't that's think. True, do that's it. true.
2: That's true. And do we know that? I mean, I know that the, the issue is, and we're we're all going to be at a loss until DC decides it's a good enough time to announce who's going to be replacing Williamson because he's only on for this four issue arc, right?
1: So far. It's possible that he's going to be
2: on longer, but I would doubt it. Yeah, he's got so much right now. Yeah. He's writing everything in the Bible. (laughs) But, I mean, I don't even know how long this thing is going to last with Batman leaving Gotham. At some point, he has to come back. And, you know, if if Batman is going monthly for this... uh, For this four issue arc. Which I believe it is. You know that's enough time for. A sort of a story. That will allow him to make his way back. I I don't know. I just think. There's a whole lot of stuff. Being left on the table. I think. Heinen leaving. Wasn't as planned. As it sounds. I mean when we when we were reading warzone i mean we were we were supposed to have this story with bane and the joker we were supposed to have this story with uh queen ivy and it seems we're not getting any of that you know what i'm saying we were supposed to get a, another no man's land with her tearing the city down from below and it doesn't it seems like all we're getting now is just the threat. Now, again, we still have two issues, but I just don't know. It's just so much seems incomplete.
1: Yeah, I, um, I don't know. There's a lot we can speculate about, but we have so few actual hard pieces of information that I don't want to put too much hope or weight on them. I just kind of thought it would be fun to speculate since we do have more information now. Does it bother you that Batman seems to be a bit of a backseat character in this issue?
0: No, because I think stories where your titular character is just always there. Like, I get bored with that. And there's only so much from their point of view you can get. And it doesn't help flesh out other characters. And I liked seeing other people without Batman around. I like seeing the fight without Batman for about half of it. I like seeing the tension between the Peacekeepers without Batman around. I liked seeing Ivy smiling, probably because there's no X chromosomes around. <laughs> um, I I thought that was okay because it's his book, and but that doesn't mean he has to carry it. The writer has to carry it, and I think he's doing a pretty good job.
2: I think that's part of the reason why I enjoyed that first arc and detective as much as I did, because even though it was a Batman book, it was a Bruce Wayne story. And, you know, it's, it's okay to have not have Batman, not be front and center Mm -hmm. all the time. As long as the story remains interesting. Cause let me, let me tell you between the secret files and this issue here, I am really starting to like Miracle Molly, <laughs> and you know, I know we asked, I know we asked and discussed the question last episode about who we hope sticks around. The more I read with Miracle Molly, the more I want her to stick around. She is a they they are a very interesting character. Does, does she prefer herself as...
1: I think she calls herself a she. I could be wrong, she, but I don't... I think it was know,
0: the kid she was I with. Know the kid, I know yeah.
2: the kid was... Yeah, the kid was. but I couldn't remember if she was, but I I really enjoyed that character, and yeah, I think she would be a great addition to the Batman mythos moving forward. But yeah, to answer your question, no, I don't have an issue with Batman not being front and center. Because the story still good. Mm-hmm.
1: I would agree that the story is still good. And he's doing a really good job of getting you connected to the characters. Um, side note. I, I did read through all of Once in Future this week. And uh, Dan Mora is amazing. Connected to... His, you
2: were just reading Once in Future? Yeah. What's
0: that?
1: It's a <laughs> modern King Arthur... Slash zombie apocalypse story. Oh, gosh, <laughs> Drawn by Dan Mora. You gotta read it.
0: I gotta read it.
1: It's it's quite it's quite worthwhile. I would definitely say it's it's worth Aaron
2: reading. Gillen is so good. So it, it it's good enough to where it went from it was it was initially supposed to be a six issue mini, I believe. And maybe after issue two or issue three, Boom just said, "You know what? Just make it an ongoing." <laughs> And the way in which Karen Galen has been able to just continue this story and throw out new ideas to keep the story going, it's just been great. So, we started out with Arthur, and then we got Beowulf, and it's just now it's Arthur and Arthur, and oh, and Merlin's back, and it's, uh, it's just you gotta
1: it's it's very well done. It's basically what Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey's Injection would be if it was if Injection wasn't obsessed with cannibalism and weird weird yeah. sex. You, you got yeah. It, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. recommend Injection. I do recommend Once in Future.
2: Yes, and thank you for uh, listening in to the Once in Future podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, this is gonna be so bad. All right, so last question: Where do you think? Sean Mahoney is going to end up. Is he going to survive Fear State?
0: I don't know how he can. He's missing so much of his body.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Two-Face is also missing large chunks of his body. That's
0: true. Oh, gosh. Um, I hope not. If he does, he's going to be in Blackgate or Arkham and rebuilds. This, this poor man. He's... Just, If he survives, he won't survive. He's not going to be himself. He'll be a raving lunatic. He already is a raving lunatic. Yeah,
1: I mean, Scarecrow, with the Mad Hatter tech, has basically picked out his brain, chopped it into to liver, and put it back in. Scarecrow's really just been vicious to to Peacekeeper.
2: No, I don't. I don't think he survives. I think at some point... um, Scarecrow will have his use of him, and once that's all said and done, he will relieve him of his misery. And I, again, this is just further proof that we're no longer on track for fierce, for future state. And you know, I'm okay with that because it's been a good story. But I don't, I just, I don't see how Mahoney survives this because this is. The Mahoney we're looking at is not the Mahoney we saw in Fifth State under yeah. any circumstance, and I just don't see him coming back from this. From this, unless—and this is a strong unless—they're um, able to get that my machine configured to somehow fix him in some type of way. But I Maybe. just. I just don't see it. And I think he's hes as dead as the Diviner is.
1: <laughs> well, we'll have to see what happens in the Peacekeeper one-shot that is coming next week. Maybe it'll pull oh. a Miracle Molly. I don't think it'll be quite as powerful because Miracle Molly took us all by surprise. But I think it might do something for us.
0: Mm. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> i do want to say that i love molly at the end with her come with me if you want to not die pose <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man Titan just loves i mean it's such an appropriate cyberpunky thing with the terminator reference i'm wondering if he's going to throw any um matrix references soon i mean technically we did a matrix thing where Ghostmaker and batman you know went into batman's memories so true this is a real cool cyberpunk batman I think it's nice. I think it's a fun change of flavor. Plus, of course, you know, Jorge Jimenez just makes it look amazing, as usual. Oh, for sure. Although that does make me a little apprehensive, because next issue is, there's only a couple pages done by, by Jorge Jimenez, and the rest of it's going to be drawn by Bengal. And I like Bengal, although I know one of our listeners very much does not. Uh, but it's, it's going to be a little different.
2: I don't hate Bengal, but I'm not crazy about Bengal either.
0: Like the you know, tiger?
1: No, he's an <laughs> artist. He did a bunch of like uh, Batkrill burn Burnside stuff.
0: You see, that's a very talented animal.
1: <laughs> I don't care how well it draws, the fact that it's drawing is amazing. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> Why are you complaining?
2: <laughs> Send it in and collect the dough. <laughs> well, you gotta live stream it. <laughs>
1: Alright, so let's get to our backup. We've got Clown Hunter Part 3. This is written by Brandon Thomas, our man, and artist Jason Howard. Clown Hunter battles against the Joker monster seen in the last few issues. As he overtakes it, two voices call out to him to grab their hand. One of the voices is unknown, but the other is Scarecrow trying to lure Clown Hunter into a deeper state of fear. Scarecrow then taunts Clown Hunter. But he keeps up the fight and is knocked off the rooftop once more. At first, he's persistent in his desire to be alone as he falls. Suddenly, he wakes up and realizes he's been so wrong to go alone and reaches out with his hand. Tim Drake, calling himself Red Robin, catches Clown Hunter, saving him from hitting the pavement. Actually, is that right? Does he call himself Red Robin in this one?
0: Yes, yes he did. I think.
1: Well, it's either this or Outsiders. (laughs) Reading them all. No, he does. Okay,
2: he does in both.
1: Oh, good. I think they. He just doesn't have the double
0: R because whatever. Well,
1: because the double R looks weird. I say this as someone who proudly has a Tim Drake with the double R action figure on my bookshelf next to my comics, next to Steph, where he belongs. But the double (laughs) R is awkward. Yeah, it's it's just awkward. So I mean, R. Stand for red robin because it's the same letter. You don't need to do it twice.
0: Are you gonna finish the summary or is that no, that was it. (laughs) Oh, because that's not how it ends. It is He ends up invited into the Bat Cave and gets his Bat Bat confiscated. Okay, this is
1: not my fault. This is
2: what the summary But then
0: they work together and Bao is a proud member of the bat family now. Happy the end.
2: Okay. Wait, what?
0: Well, I mean, that's my interpretation of the ending. He's allowed to be at the Batcomputer.
1: Yes. Tim Drake does uh, take Clownhunter Hunter to the Batcave, and he invites him to join him, which leads me to my question, which is, where no. does Clown Hunter fit best in the different character combinations we've seen? We've seen him paired with Batman. We've seen him paired with Leslie Tompkins. We've seen him paired with Jason, Red Hood, and we've seen him now paired with Tim, Red Robin. Who do you think offers the best way forward for Clown Hunter's character?
0: Probably Jason or Damien, I think, because...
1: Damien was not on the list.
0: (laughs) Yes, he is, because I put him there. Um,
1: (laughs) It's rebellion then. He's
0: got to come home sometime, and when he does, he might have a new protege to work with. But what I'm saying is that both those characters have, uh, I think, the most trauma and would be able to to relate to bow the most i think other than batman but batman has so many children now he's he's just doesn't have time <laughs> so that would be if you're going for um relatability i think those those ones but if you're going for compatibility then maybe an opposites attract kind of thing would work so tim or i don't know Steph.
1: i think that would be interesting um I think it's clear that the current thing is to push him with Tim, but they've pushed him with Red Hood and um, Batman in the past, too. And Leslie, too. I and just I think, think those all worked. I mean, yeah, I think they have all worked because the stories have generally... Well,
2: okay. Not uh, not the Leslie thing.
0: That, um, well, well it's, that didn't really count.
1: I say it counts because the annual is awesome. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, but she's not a... She's not really bad. Vigilante. I, <laughs> but I, I yeah. personally think that Bao needs to find a life outside of being a vigilante because vigilante <laughs> is connected with such darkness for him.
2: That's it, true. It, it, as long as it's not Leslie, Leslie will spend an entire issue threatening him and saying, You don't need to do this. And you no, know, and psycho bobble stuff to say, Bao, you need to give it up. Don't be like uh, that guy. No. What does
0: she know? What do you think, Thea? Who who should who should he
1: be with?
2: Oh it it it, easily it's it's either Jason or Damien. (laughs) I'm outnumbered on
1: this podcast. I,
2: I honestly think so I honestly think the one that might be best would be Jason, because you know Jason has lived a life of a killer in the same sense that bow is and has been able to get over that somewhat whereas Damien was just Stone Cold Assassin and those two together might do a lot more damage than we may want to see in a in a comic book these days that's not for mature audiences. So, I think so.
0: Bow needs a father figure, and I think Jason fills that
2: really well. I think, yeah, yeah, you know. And, and again, his experiences allow him to relate better. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you know, you don't want to do this. I've done it. I've taken lives too before. Bruce brought me back in. Mm-hmm. You know, so that would be. That would be my first choice, but hell, I could I could see him and Damien just ramshacking, ramshacking Gotham and sending everybody into their homes, scared of those two.
0: Bow and Tim would technically be around the same age, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. About
2: sixteen, seventeen. I could see Bow getting enough of. Tim and pulling a Damien and trying to kill him.
1: Ah <laughs> <sighs> Are you sure you're not just projecting?
2: Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I could I, we get enough of, of that with with Dick, so we don't need Tim doing it too. So, you know, I I'm a little disappointed Damien didn't succeed <laughs> back in uh Grant Morrison days, but uh yeah, no, don't, don't, don't put him with battle. He have enough issues going on anyway, and I'm going to just leave it at that.
1: We have a whole podcast dedicated to Tim, you know.
2: Uh, no, Rob would never invite me on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, let us give this issue a
1: rating out of five bloody peacekeepers.
0: Um... Hmm. I did love the conclusion to Bao's story. It was a little long, but that's not the question for a rating. Um, and, gosh, I just really was drawn into the tension between the peacekeepers, and I actually was super sad when Ricardo got face-smushed. Oh, he was so cute. I mean, I'm sure he had character. It was a deep bird. <laughs> he was so cute. Um And he was kind of cool, even though he was a baddie. Golly. I feel like we're always giving these three and a half, so I feel like I want to give more, but I guess there wasn't a lot of meat in this one. It was just a very well-dressed vegetable. Can I say that?
1: (laughs) A well-dressed vegetable, eh?
0: It wasn't tons of meat, but it was a well-dressed vegetable. So three and a half. Three and a half bloody peacekeepers for this well-dressed vegetable.
2: I am going to give it a slight uptick. I don't think it was a four, but mm-hmm. it was just a little bit more than a three and a half. And I probably, i probably down ticked it from a four because I was not crazy about the clown hunter story. You know, I, I, so for me, I would say three seven five.
1: I'm going to say three five as well. I think this was above average. I did really like both. uh, Well, I like the the main story a lot. And I think it was a nice conclusion. Although I do think that it was definitely better as like a one part story. So that gives us an average of 3.56 and a mode of 3.5. Because Scott also gave it a 3.5 over on the website. And I would like to thank Scott for writing the summary of this issue that we used. So... Thank you to our reviewer.
0: Whether you are a first time TBU Comics podcast listener. A 13-year veteran or anything in between we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed send emails to tbu at the batmanuniverse.net join our discord server linked at the send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics or if you're a patron leave us a comment on our patreon page We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat
1: Family. Join the TBU Bat Family and let us know what you think. So, we're back and we're going to talk about all of the tie-in issues of Fear State to this point. And we're going to ask some questions about how they fit in to the Fear State narrative. So, let us get started. This is mostly by release order, although I am going to group the two issues of I Am Batman together, because I don't see the point of separating them. So, I Am Batman issues 1 and 2. These issues see um, Jace Fox continuing his mission as Batman, fighting street-level crime as uh, violence just escalates all over the city. We see the vigilante-slash-villain anti-hero anarchy being gunned down in cold blood. We see Commissioner Montoya struggling to keep order in her own forces who are fighting with each other over the victims and the perpetrators of this violence. And we see Jace declaring himself to be Batman several times while punching people. So, what do we think about these first two official issues? Although I, I still don't understand why we had zero one two. I, I don't understand why we just had one two three. The first issue felt like a first issue. It didn't feel like the second issue was more thirsty so what do we think about um what do we think about these two issues of i and batman
0: i wasn't blown away by the first one uh i think it didn't drag but you know i didn't think it was that great i liked the second one a lot better um I thought it was pretty cool that him revealing himself as not the Batman was what caused the fear. That was because... so
2: awesome. Huh? That was like damn Batman. I love the saying. That was so awesome. I was. It, he... it.
0: He's like, I'm not your Batman. He's like, oh crap, he could kill us. And so I thought that was actually pretty cool. Um, I don't see how it's really a fear state tie in other than it's happening during fear state, which all the other books seem to have their own like fear villain. I don't know, whatever. That's fine. I'm actually fine with that. I'm I'm more okay with this than some of the other tie-ins.
2: The only thing that really irked me between the two issues, um, the only thing was the death of Anarchy. I, yes, I, I'm I
1: very angry about this. I,
2: I don't know if I am not crazy about that at all. Um but I think the one thing that ties it to, to fear state is, um, the presence of seer. And I'm wondering if seer is going to be Jace's big bad moving forward, even after fear state. But, um, yeah, I just, I just can't, the art has been great. Uh, I, definitely prefer the art than what we got in the digital series uh, but I just can't get over them just killing Lonnie for no no apparent reason whatsoever yep, I agree are we doing thumbs up, thumbs down type
1: yeah. of stuff um, thumbs up, thumbs down, neutral
0: I think neutral for the first one which I think that's what I gave it before and then a thumbs up-ish for the second one
2: It's gonna be neutral for both of me had it maybe maybe I I can't remember if I gave the first issue a thumbs down or not, but uh issue two would have been a thumbs up for me had it not been for Anarchy's debt. I just that just doesn't sit well with me, so neutral it is.
1: Yeah, I'm also gonna say uh neutral just because there's a lot of good stuff in it, but there's also a lot of stuff that I'm I'm just like okay. So why are you making everyone terrible? Like everyone is unlikable and kind of nasty to each other. I, I'd like some bonding with each other. Uh, the the uh, the second son miniseries did have some bonding within the Fox family, at least between uh, you know Tiffany and Jace. Um, this one has no, none of that. Everyone's just at each other's throats and. So that that darkness, and I know it's fear state, and I know that's supposed to be kind of the point, but it's not something I enjoy. So that's kind of a bummer, and leads it to being a neutral for me on both. Let's move to Catwoman number thirty-five. We have the aftermath of her battle with uh, Father Valley, in which Detective Hadley was killed. We have the redeeming, the the villains seeking redemption, including Clayface, uh, Firefly, Cheshire knockout and riddler they're all fighting together but riddler seems to split off and start joining um the the penguin trying to get revenge for what catwoman did in joker war remember in joker war number i mean catwoman number 25 uh she stole from all the villains um and maggie leaves uh to protect herself because she thinks that selena's dragging people down with her like hadley and um, we see Selina terrified that Batman is dead with the Seer, the evil anti-Oracles announcement.
2: So, uh, what did we think? Was, of... this, was, was this the first time uh, Shu showed up as the Kishar? I feel like we've seen it before.
0: No, it was, it was the second or third time we've seen that.
2: It was? Okay, I couldn't yeah. remember.
0: Because that's her daughter. Question mark.
2: That's whose daughter? Cheshire's. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's Cheshire's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's weird that she's in the book. And also I think, her daughter. Yeah,
2: I, I just yeah, I just couldn't remember if that was her first time showing up in Mask.
0: Um and then at the end you have Harley and the gardener some doing something for some reason. Um what was your question? Is this good? Yeah. <laughs> Am I happy? Um, Adley is dead.
1: It is a very sad thing.
0: It's so sad. He was so nice. He was too nice. He shouldn't have been that nice. That's all right, I guess. I'm okay with her battling her villain who's been there kind of all along. And also, I don't know. There's a lot going on in this book. Like I had even forgotten off. that the villains were showed up and were trying to reform because oh. oh, there's I, just a lot going on.
2: I mean, because we always had we always had Crokin and, and Basil who was trying to turn mm-hmm. over a new leaf. So it's okay to for them to bring some some of the guys along with them.
0: Yeah, but it's just. There's a lot going on. I don't hate it. It's well written. I mean, for there's a lot going on, and me not really under, quite understanding, it's still well written and engaging, and I'm enjoying it. So that's something. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot. Well, like I'm going through this, and like, how is there this much in this one book? <laughs> Whatever. It's a little confusing also just like put your finger on how it relates to Fear State. Like what is her involvement in Fear State? Obviously Fear State is touching this book, but how is Selena gonna get involved with that? It's the question.
2: Well, first of all, Hadley had to die. I'm sorry. Any, any uh, sorry, he, he was in competition with with the Batman. So yes he yeah, was he also, Yes he was. He <laughs> had to die. I'm sorry. Anyone who wants to at me at that, come at me. At yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> at TVU Theo on Twitter
2: at Batman underscore for life at me. Mm-hmm. But no, ha- ha- I am I am not upset that Hadley is dead. I am a little disappointed that the whole um, Father Valley thing isn't. Over, uh, I especially knowing that round B is going to be leaving the book. I mm-hmm. wish that would have been something that we could have had a conclusion to. Um, but it but it's definitely you know situated within Fair State and and everything that's going on. I just as as Steph said, need to want to see how this book integrates more. You know it, it's gonna, it's gonna need to be more than an issue of, of Bruce showing up to save Selena and then leaving. So, um, but yeah, I, it, you know, I've always been a fan of Ron V since he's been on on this book, and good issue, but yeah, rest in peace, Hadley. Don't come back, <laughs> don't, don't, so put sad. Task- don't put him in Task Force V, even though I know I'm not going to read this. <laughs> <it. laughs>
1: Zombie Gosh, Hadley, that would be so weird.
0: Oh, I do want to say, police don't do chalk outlines of bodies. It disturbs the crime scene. That's not a thing that you do. Just wanted to. Know. Hadley had a chalk outline, and I was like, no, he didn't. One, because he's not dead, but two... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay.
1: The denial yeah. is strong in this one.
2: <laughs> she she she's at the denial stage right oh, now. Yeah. Eventually, she'll get to. How did you how did you feel it's sorry Batman. for someone who 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 genuinely had feelings for Selena?
0: That's okay. Who wouldn't? <laughs> I do. I love her. I'm not competition with Batman.
2: Okay, yeah. but okay, you you loving Selena is not the same as. Him his feelings for Selena. You know And he and Bruce called him out on it. You have feelings too. Uh uh, uh. That's yeah, okay. You, you have all fair and love and war, and you lost buddy, so <laughs> see ya. Wouldn't yeah. want to be. Definitely wouldn't want to be out.
1: We are learning so much this is this episode. Alright, so um
0: how does you this fit it?
1: into Fear State?
0: It doesn't really, not yet. I think it's it's decent job doing English words um, of, like, setting her up in the environment of Fear State. But right now, like, and I think that's it so far. It's just Fear State is going on around her, but there's so much of her own crap going on, she doesn't have time for that. Except that she thought Bruce was dead. And now Harley is there with the gardener, trying to get Ivy
1: involved somehow.
2: Oh, good Ivy. So, do, oh, so we want we got Queen Ivy. What we want to call Catwoman Ivy?
1: Kidnapped Ivy?
2: <laughs> she really kidnapped Ivy? Well, well, she kidnapped. certainly was I- for a I- while.
0: And I- he I- was kidnapped. Yeah, true. She's put in a jar. Jar Ivy.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's call her Jar Ivy. I like it. <laughs>
2: What happens when jar Ivy and Queen Ivy meets? Mm. Do we get Queen
1: Ivy in a jar? <laughs> <laughs> um, not. yeah, I would tend to agree. I think that they're treating fear state more as a a setting rather than the titles sort of contributing. So like, and I feel that's a little different than the way they did Joker War because Joker war you had um you know that detective comics ten twenty five issue where. Bat, uh, Batwoman actually rescued Lucius Fox. That was like a significant plot point. And then in Catwoman, Catwoman foiled the villain's plans for Bruce's money in Catwoman. So like it was a key and essential plot point for Joker War. Um, these tie-in issues feel like they're telling side stories, their own side stories, rather than... Um, you know, being new chapters of the ongoing story. Would you agree or do you disagree? Do you think that some of them are more essential to the ongoing fear state story?
2: It, it kind, It's kind of like what Steph said earlier. You know, it, it's, like, it's its like, it's more like, it's not like what you're saying occurred with Joker War. It's more like what Steph is saying. It's like each book has its own onion layer of fear that it's dealing with, you know, you know, Catwoman's dealing with her own personal issues and Alleytown's falling and she feels, you know, she's having all these emotions because she feels it's partly her fault. And it's going on in the other books as well. You know, in, in, in Detective, it's, it's the, the fear is the, the parasites who are still around, Steph. No, they're
0: not.
2: Uh, There's no parasites. Wow.
0: Yeah. Denial yeah. is not
1: just a river in Egypt, Steph.
0: <laughs> hmm It's my happy place.
2: Apparently. <laughs> but So, it, it, that's what it feels like. It's, it's like each book has its own sense of fear that it's trying to address. Now, is it possible to do any other Bat books? Yeah. I don't see how it can actually happen between Tech and Batman. Those books should be Completely tied together, and
0: yeah,
2: and and they're not, they're not, and so um, yeah, I'm I'm in the step boat and kind of the end boat too, you know, where there's these there's these different layers of fear, and it's just that, you know, you know the the scarecrow story is is central to what's what's going on,
1: yeah. I mean, obviously we'll have to wait and see, but right now it really does feel like, I don't know, like we're missing something. Moving on, we have the Miracle Molly. Thumbs
0: up, thumbs down. Oh,
1: duh. (laughs) I assumed we were all just going to say thumbs up, but okay. Thumbs up, thumbs down, neutral.
0: I think thumbs up.
1: Both Thumbs up. Yeah, I would say a thumbs up after last issue felt a bit underwhelming. This issue was a return to form for me.
2: Yeah, there, there's been very few issues of of B writing that I have not enjoyed on Captain. Now, some of those side issues with those guest writers we can do without. But yeah. thumbs up.
1: <laughs> all right. So mm-hmm. let's move on to Batman Secret Files Miracle Molly. Uh, we talked a little bit about how we love this issue last um, time, but let's give a quick summary it's basically batman returns selena kyle's story uh except that instead of becoming catwoman mary becomes miracle molly a cyberpunk uh transhuman uh vigilante who works for an unsanity collective um she has she's in a marriage which is her husband seems to truly care about her but he also doesn't seem to know her struggles and his family is very cruel to her Uh, her boss is an incredibly slimy and creepy manipulative jerk who refuses her insight and when she tries to push past him he threatens her and she accidentally kills him leading to her fleeing to the unsanity collective erasing her memory and becoming miracle molly and it ends with her robbing her former family and her husband sees her and knows who she is and she doesn't know who he is and she leaves because she doesn't know anymore Um, I mean, this was just a a deeply moving story. It had very unique art by Danny and, um, it's not an art I'd want to see on every comic, but it really worked for this one that the emotions really flowed through the more abstract spaces.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a little deceiving with that cover. (laughs) Um, cause it was very manga cover and then very not manga art. Um, And actually the art did put me off at first But you are so right It really reflected the emotion of the story And it really pulled me in And by the end I was kind of sad it was over Um, Yeah, this was definitely A very, very good comic Worth, this is I think Molly's story would be worth The entire stupid fear state thing Even if I decided I hated the rest of fear state Molly's creation, I think I'm agreeing with Theo is, Is becoming more and more Worth everything
1: and I think that all of us have been pretty positive on *Fear State*. We're definitely not negative on it right now. No,
0: no, 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 not at all.
1: So that that does say that it really this is a standout for.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's like I said earlier. The, the The more I read about Molly, the more I like the character, and and this was the hook, you know that that first got to me upon upon reading more about her you know i know she appeared in some of the earlier issues of batman leading into fear state but this issue was just wow and it's interesting that ian called it a batman returns lookalike because i did not really see it that way until he (laughs) mentioned it but i really do see it now i really do see it now but um yeah, I, I, I'm, I definitely dug this this story. If you haven't read it yet, you, you're missing out.
1: Obviously, since this is mostly a flashback, actually, this is all a flashback. None of this actually takes place after the Fear State starts. Um, but I would say it's really key to understanding who Molly is, and Molly's a big part of Fear State. So would you say this was sort of an essential story to understand Fear State?
0: If Mr. Wise's machine and his motivation for making the machine, because it'd be easy to say, Mr. Wise made this machine, and so he's a bad guy. Oh, uh, no. I mean, yeah, but not, not in, like, a straightforward kind of way.
1: Not like a scarecrow um, kind of bad guy.
0: Yeah, this is not a scarecrow kind bad guy. This is like a... <laughs> this is like a... Steve Jobs kind of bad <laughs> uh,
1: Drinking your own Kool-Aid kind of bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe drinking. Yeah, yeah. Let's see that one. Um, so I don't know if it's essential to understand fear state, but it's, under, it's I think it's essential to add depth to fear state and especially to Molly and even Mr. Wise. Because even though you never, well, I, do you see him at the end? You might see him at the end. But you really don't even see him, but he's an integral part of her story. Um, in fact, I think when Ian and I were first talking about this, there's just a lot of voiceover in this, because every time Mr. W- she watches a Mr. Wise video, it's just a voiceover. But it was interesting, as opposed to the Punchline podcast episode <laughs> issue, which was not interesting and did not get you hooked and was not good, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, I still think it so. was
1: good, but only as a backup. It shouldn't have been all at once. Uh, it's
0: very long. Um, so this just proved that you could have just panels of a dude talking and it still kind of pull you in and be interesting.
1: I think it's because of the, the really strong work that Tynan and Danny did in yeah. pulling you into Mary slash Molly's mind, like her emotions. You felt for mm-hmm. her. You Even when you didn't necessarily agree with her, you really feel her pain and her her aspirations and her sense of being trapped. like all that stuff. And then Mr. Wise his his videos give her a, a way out. And that is really emotionally effective. Um, so I, I would say that this is, I don't know. I'd say this is kind of an essential Batman raid. It is not so far tied into fear state yet, but it might be depending on how, the Unsanity Collective figures in the finale. Um, I would definitely put this up next to Batman Annual number 5, The Clown Hunter Story, um, as one of the best things Tynan's done during this Batman run.
0: Theo, yeah, what do you think?
1: Ditto. All right. So I think we're all going to do this, but thumbs up, thumbs down, or neutral?
0: Thumbs and up.
2: And all both the thumbs toes.
1: up.
0: All the thumbs up.
2: And both toes.
0: Both toes.
1: All right. So... Uh, nightwing number 84 uh nightwing is fighting in bloodhaven and moves to gotham is ambushed batman comes to team up with him and says that he wouldn't let his son be uh taken out by an ambush and barbara in the clock tower uh reveals that she is going to become batgirl to fight the anti-oracle what do you think of this issue
0: well, the heart dude isn't even in this issue, right? So they were, like, doing the whole thing with the heart dude, the heart removal dude, and now I thought that would be his fear state, but it's totally not. Whatever. I think it's silly to have Batman in all these books. Like, Batman is showing up a lot, and it's like, he's very busy. <laughs> and this is all the same event. Like, well, you could bullcrap your way through it and say, oh, no, it's just, just his last week or whatever, but... This is all happening at the same time, and Batman is in a lot of places, and it's a little weird. It I like that Barbara's back, but it's a little weird since they've been fighting that for so long, and now she's like, "No, I'm Batgirl again." It's like what? I don't know. It wasn't bad. I'm compl. It sounds like I'm complaining. I'm not really. It was. It was fine.
2: I am still trying to get used to the new Batgirl suit, so give me some issues to get my grasp with that. But. Um,
0: it looks a little wrinkly in this issue In this art I think, style I
2: think, I think that, that was the actual design That it wasn't supposed to be Form fitting I think that's what I remember reading I think
0: I'm looking at her cape though like Her arms look super wrinkly But I think that's her cape resting on her arms
2: Yeah, I, I, be- I believe The costume itself was supposed to be More loose fitting Than The rest of the family Compared to the rest of the family um but yeah what's kind of weird that heartless wasn't involved in this story it's interesting point from what steph is saying with regards to batman showing up all over the place and it it messes with the continuity of things mm-hmm. trying to figure out where in the timeline we are with everything um but it's always good to see, you know, Batman and Robin team up again. But I will tell you, I did get a little teary-eyed when when Bruce said, "I was gonna wasn't gonna let one of my sons die." Oh, that was that was quite touching.
1: I would agree that the Batman and Nightwing team up was well done. I did not like the Batgirl suiting up scene. Um, it felt very awkward and i simply don't buy it because i don't i don't think taylor is selling me on what barbara's plan is it also doesn't help that i have personal issues with robbie rodriguez as a person but i normally like his art in this issue i really didn't like his art and maybe it's the contrast with bruno redondo i really have loved bruno redondo's art and this is different. I, I can see why they picked Rodriguez, because there is a similarity, but it just feels less in control. The wrinkliness of the suit, I think, is actually a proportional issue. I don't think that Rodriguez did a good job of the proportions on Barbara's body making it look ill-fitting, almost like a Frankenstein body.
0: Her head looks a little small in that neck part of the cowl.
1: Yeah, it just um, there, there was just some funkiness on the art that didn't work for me. So we've already kind of mentioned that we don't quite know where this fits on the timeline because, of course, Batman shows up and, you know, Batman's also going around fighting with Nakano and the Parasites and Detective and he's fighting with peacekeepers, Peacekeepers and Batman. So how is he showing up to fight with Nightwing? Eh, it happens somehow.
0: <laughs> it
1: does. Would you say this is essential to Fear State?
0: Oh, no. I mean, unless Batgirl does something crazy in all the books or at least some of the major books, No. Like, Nightwing's just showing up to help out, and so far, he's needed help. (laughs) So, I don't know. It doesn't seem that essential, especially if he's not going to show up or have an effect anywhere else. Unless we want to call this the Batgirl book and Nightwing.
2: The Batgirl book and Nightwing. Yeah, it's not essential. Uh, I mean, it's, it's... It seems like it's almost something that we may be saying about all of these issues, whether or not they're, they're essential or not, you know, and it's probably due to the fact that, again, there is very little mention of what Scarecrow is doing. So. You know, of course, we, we have Seer and I Am Batman, but of course, Seer is not known as Seer. Here, it's, it's been anti-Oracle, right?
1: hmm
2: So, things are still just a little bit disjointed. And because of that, it, some of these stories just don't seem to be as important as a tie-in typically should be.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. So let's give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, or neutral. I think neutral. Neutral. Yeah, also a neutral for me. Harley Quinn, number seven. Uh, In this one, Harley is battling Hugo Strange, as she has been for this run. And she's on a camping trip, trying to get herself centered with the rest of her support group. But she's also thinking a lot about uh, Ivy, of course kevin confronts her about her absentness even though she's the one who's supposed to be leading the support group and as they're hiking she falls off a cliff and tries to come to a point of realization where she acknowledges that kevin was right and then uh, bella garden the gardener rescues her with her vines and says that she has found poison ivy this of course leads to the gardener and harley quinn teaming up as we see in Catwoman. Now I know that Theo could not. Um, this was the book that was not for Theo, so I will not ask Theo his his thoughts <laughs> on it. Uh, but Steph, what did you think about this?
0: I mean, it's again, it's a continuity issue. It's like we're we're in the same universe at the same time, and Harley is in like three places at one rights right now. Well, no, I guess she's left Batman, and she's officially with the Insanity Collective in Ivy's Garden. But she's also here for some reason. Getting picked up by the gardener. Who... Whatever. <laughs> so, I don't know. Har- Harley's been... I've liked the Harley book. In and of itself, if this was just what Harley was doing, I don't think I'd have as much of a tra- problem with it. It's definitely a more lighthearted book than the other books. Um, even though Strange is super creepy. But... Uh, because it's supposed to be Italian, it's in it is just she, it hardly makes as much sense as Batman being all these places. And that is a little, it is starting to take me out of the story a little bit, where they're literally connecting it. Like you said, right after this, Harley and Gardner go to Catwoman. So we're supposed to believe that this actually is all really interconnecting, but it can't? I don't know. It's silly.
1: Yeah. I, um, I'm not. Too bothered per se, but I do feel like I mean they're literally outside of the city, so it's it's like a literal side quest of this story. I guess my question is we know that reintegrating ivy, the two ivies, queen ivy and bottle ivy, is going to happen. In what book do you think it's going to happen? Jar Ivy. Oh, Jar (laughs) Ivy. Do what do we think it's going to happen in Catwoman? In Batman or in Harley Quinn? Catwoman. Because. I feel
0: like that's where it's been built up the most. Like Harley is loved and missed Ivy, but Ivy having issues and being separated from half herself has been dealt with in Batman and Catwoman, and it's not going to happen in Batman. Oh
2: God, I would hate it if it happened in Harley. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would really hate it if it happened in Harley. But what I wouldn't be shocked What I would So if Okay So I'm putting on my Theo over back editorial right now If it was me I wouldn't let it happen (laughs) I would let something happen The two of them Either decide Or queen Ivy like Nope Keep that thing away from me It's not me It's not who I am and they don't they don't reintegrate with each other and then we really do get the Queen Ivy story at some point, which would make me very happy.
0: You know what you could do if you did that? You could keep your evil Ivy who does evil Ivy things and also have your nice Ivy that can be together with Harley and have a healthy relationship.
2: Yep, and then that would that would actually make Ian happy because he's always had an issue with Harley mm-hmm. and Ivy being a couple because he just thinks Ivy is bad for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That indeed would be a way to solve the problem. I, I honestly don't know. I could see the argument for it happening here because they're really focusing on the romance between Harley and Ivy. I could see it happening in Catwoman because that's been really focused on the plot of the, the separation of the two Ivies. And I could see it happening in Batman because that's where we got Queen Ivy. Um, and we know it's going to happen. So even though I think the story idea is a good one, we know they're going to integrate them because solicits have spoiled it. So.
0: Not if you didn't read solicits.
1: Well, yeah, listening to this podcast. So tough cookies. In the Ivy Jar. In the Ivy Jar.
0: Um.
1: So, I, I can't tell. I can really see an argument for it happening in any one of these three titles. Just wait. It's going to happen in Nightwing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gosh.
1: <laughs> Out of nowhere. They just integrate Ivy's together in, in Nightwing. Um, so, uh, Theo's an abstain for this book. So, Steph, thumbs up, thumbs down, or neutral?
0: I think I gave it a neutral when we first reviewed it, though. Neutral.
1: Um. I'm actually going to give this a thumbs up because it's continuing what I like about this Harley run. Uh, That complexity of Harley's madcap energy and her intelligence and redemption. Um, And our last future state, uh, sorry, our last fear state issue that we're going to cover is Batman Urban Legends number eight. And this has four different stories. We have uh, the first in a three part story of Batwoman and Batgirl Cassandra Kane. We have a one-shot Professor Pig story. We have a the first of a three-part Azrael story. Um, and we have the first of, I think, a two-part Outsiders story. And they're all technically Fear State. What what did we think of any of these issues, that, any of these stories that we happened to read?
0: I really liked the Batwoman one, which is weird because I'm not a super Batwoman fan, and I hate Alice. And so the fact that this had Alice and Batwoman, and I still liked it, that's a, good, that's a pretty good story. I vomited over the pig story. I think I tried a couple of panels, and then I skimmed. And I was glad I didn't spend more of my life reading that. And the Azrael one bothered me for the same reason that Azrael always bothers me. It's like, this is... this is... This is not my Jesus. This is not my Bible. This
1: stop
0: quoting my Bible. Ugh, drives me nuts. Anyway, oh, and that then man,
1: call me defiler. Oh,
0: he is the defiler. And then <laughs> uh, the future state uh, outsiders was absolutely fantastic. I have literally no idea what happened in this story, and I absolutely loved it. I loved his attention to detail. I loved Duke. Duke was so badass at the beginning. Oh, it was so great. And he had a talking tiger friend. It was amazing. And and then um, my favorite part, I think, in the whole issue is when uh, Jefferson comes back to the past. And these hoodie guys see him and they're like, hey, you a good guy or a bad guy? And he's like, I'm a good guy. And they're like, oh, how can we help you? <laughs> it's <laughs> like, that is such a Gotham thing to say. That's so funny. Um. And then Tim shows up at the end for some reason, but I I really liked this issue, except for a pig. Pig can go die in a fire.
1: I wish Azrael can
0: stay. He's just not my favorite.
1: I like Azrael, but Theo, what do you think?
2: So I I will agree with everything Steph said, but I will add that my only quirk with the Brandon Thomas story. And it wasn't that it was a bad story; it was a great story. But I don't know. I just think it was almost a bad take. At I think it was just a bad take of trying to t- tie, fear state and future state together. But oh god, I love this. I like I said, Brandon Thomas is still my top person to. Take over Batman, and he just when steph mentions that, that 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 those few pages where he's talking with the guys on on the street, and they're like, yo man, what's going on you you, you want the good guys The first thing that I thought about was the black and white story he did again with the kids from the hood. And they're just hanging out and like, yo, we 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 help Batman. Yeah, we really help Batman. <laughs> he just he, he has such a great grasp on the on the characters that he writes. And again, you are looking at the person formerly known as the worst Duke Thomas fan ever. <laughs> the who. Wish death upon Duke, you know, who would, who would want to see him written out of continuity. If it, it could, if it could happen, but
0: you, you ever he, call him, do you ever call him Dukey Thomas in your head?
2: I've called him a whole lot worse. <laughs> um, but this is the family friendly show. <laughs> but I, I, he has made me a Duke Thomas fan. And I would assume that, you know, the second part of this will lead to the announced, unannounced, uh, outsiders book that's supposed to be announced in November. But, God, just give, give, give Brandon Thomas all the Batman stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> just give him all the Batman stuff. He is. So I've been reading, I've been reading it. So I, um, I backed one of his. He he did a Kickstarter to do a hardcover of his excellent series. And so I backed that. But while waiting for the book, I went ahead and I ordered a few of the digital copies. And oh, my God, it's so good. DC, I will forgive you for all the stupid stuff that you all have done over the past few months few years if you give this man batman he he deserves to be the batman writer
0: i think Keep the marks. one thing we may have learned is that no matter how good you write batman if editorial is being a butt, they can't write good stories so i'd almost rather have him stay on the fringe writing these awesome stories where he might have a little more freedom than be pigeonholed in a main book i don't know
1: yeah, that's a, a that's a really good point after all the really tiny newsletters.
0: Yes, yeah, so I have been reading your articles now, oh. Ian. I've been making me feel so guilty. I took a little break, but I started to. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do they. How does DC even put a comic book out? <laughs> like, they hog-tie their writers and then, like, now put out a an award winning 100K story. It's like, what? But you took all my my story ideas away.
2: Whatever. Can't write this. Can't write that. Break, break them up. Break. Can't use. Oh, Yep. Yep. You you, you know would have done it. You would have done it if you'd have turned Selena gay again. How about that? <laughs> that would have did it.
1: She was never gay. She was bisexual. Or bisexual. Whatever. <laughs> That that is a perfect example of exactly what we're talking about. Oh, wait, no, we that was off.
0: We didn't record that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But when they say someone is bisexual, it's almost always a cynical grab. Now, again, this is not at all an erasure of bisexual characters or people. That's real. And it's a real sexuality. And it's a real way that people relate to each other. But when a company makes a character bisexual, it's a way of making them queer. But then... Sort of pass for straight if commercially it doesn't su- succeed. So I just I am very suspicious of bisexual characters unless they're written like um, Ghostmaker by James Tynan who is bisexual. And so there's more. Of and
0: an that says how his character started. Right. Yeah.
1: So sorry, sorry for the tangent. Don't want to, <laughs> don't want to do far though. Salida was bisexual in the Gen- Genevieve Valentine run, and then all of a sudden, no more of that. Just Batman all the time.
0: She's bat sexual.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who of us is not? That's true. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'll do a quick rundown. I thought that the Cassandra Cain, Kate Kane story was pretty good. I am a little, I'm worried uh, because I, I feel like B.C. has been mistreating Batwoman. I don't think they've done a good job managing her character. Um but this was a good first issue. I do like the fact that unlike unlike Steph, I like Alice. Um because I think that it's a an interesting thing to explore and I don't think it's ever been explored um fully after rucka sort of set the character up. And I feel like they really need to deal with that better than definitely Bennett did. Pig story, terrible. Did not like it, don't like the character, didn't like this story, whatever. Love the Azrael story. Um I'm very curious to see how that goes forward. I I like that this story acknowledged that Azrael is a, is a heresy. It's not uh, actual Christian doctrine. And I'm hoping that it delves a little more into that and shows the difference between those two things. And then I also don't understand what's happening in Outsiders, and I also thought it was a, an incredibly fun ride. And I can't wait to read more of it to see if I can make it make more sense in my head. And I think it will. I'll just need to reread it a couple times with the ending and Put it all together. So, thumbs up, thumbs down, or neutral?
0: Overall, I would say thumbs up, but that is a nasty, nasty second story. You
1: gotta just sort of tear out the pig story. Pay for it and then throw it in the garbage. Yep.
2: I didn't even read the pig story, so... <laughs> That's the be y'all. <laughs> uh, no, th- thumbs up for me, but... Yeah, I, I I knew I wasn't gonna enjoy that that pick story. I didn't even I didn't even bother. But um, God, just give me more Brandon Thomas, please.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely thumbs up for me. Three out of four is pretty good for these urban legend stories for me. I've been having more like a one out of
2: four. So, and last discussion point: you gotta you gotta remember it all started with grifter that. <laughs>
0: I loved Grifter!
2: Oh Where did he go? What happened to Grifter?
1: <laughs> I'm going to move on to a little discussion of Future State Gotham. The most recent issue is number six, but I sort of want to talk about the whole plot line, which is that we found out that uh, a lot of answers to questions. So, Arkham Knights, why were all the villains working with the Arkham Knight? Because she was using Hatter Tech. What was the point of the Hatter Tech in the Red Hood story? Well, Hatter was killed and White Rabbit stole the tech and gave it to someone who has been using who has been selling it to villains who have been using it in various circumstances during the Future State. And I am just really kind of amused at the way they have integrated Hatter tech into both Future State and Fear State. It's key to both of those plot lines and I think they were meant to mirror each other, but I also think that it's clear that Fear state is not going to lead to future state. We, no. we are not going to go to the future state world at this point. It's it's an alternate future. It's not what's happening now. Um, Which I
0: think I actually like f- future state better. Like I really enjoyed the stories and the connectivity of future state a lot more than a fear state. Not that fear state is awful. It's not. It's fine. But I think I really liked a lot of the future state stuff.
2: But my only question, though, is you know, is considering what we saw in Outsiders, where they specifically talk about Scarecrow's toxin and how Scarecrow's toxin and and, and what happens with Jonah kind of help lead things into future state as well. So while I still believe that it's a different timeline they're really trying to keep it together
1: we'll have to see i i mean i'm firmly of the case that it's just not connected anymore
2: i i, I No know
1: really...
0: it's not but it is start it is starting from the whole scarecrow working with the magistrate thing and they just took two different routes
2: yeah. and i really don't want it to tie in together no. I, I don't want Future State. Those stories were just outside of Catwoman. Those stories were just
1: bad. I I am liking Future State Gotham. I am I'm liking Fear State better, in terms of the quality of the individual titles. But in terms of cohesiveness, I would tend to agree with Steph. There was a bit more cohesiveness, and I'm I'm not sure why that is. I think it's partly because you know Tynan's disengaging. He you know he's he's leaving, so he can't be as engaged in. Tying everything together anymore.
0: Also, Future State was like a very, very, very short fantasy thing where you could tell every writer exactly what to do and know where every character was going to be to tie it all together. Whereas now we have, what was it, like 10 ongoing series that all somehow connect but don't really and also Batman and Harley are everywhere.
1: (laughs) But I feel like Joker War was more cohesive. I don't know. It had a couple issues, but I do feel like it it fell together a bit more at this I point. I feel
0: like we complained about the tie-ins for Joker War a lot.
1: We did complain about <laughs> them. Maybe it's just me being nostalgic.
0: I think you're being nostalgic. Okay.
2: Yeah, I know. With the, with the exception of maybe that one Castellucci issue where stupid Barbara goes and digs out a damn chip. <laughs> it,
1: Don't remind it, me.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. you kind of on your own with the whole Joker War thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Catwoman and the Detective Comics and the Joker War Zone, they all tied in really well. Yes. But nothing else did.
2: Yeah, nothing else did. Yeah, like, it, like, it would be fair there there to say was, that nothing was, else did. <laughs> there was one issue of, of Batgirl that could have come close if Castellucci knew anything about Tying up some loose ends, but yeah, it was Castellucci, so you know how that ended.
1: Yep. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, and
0: this this future state Gotham, had the best backup.
1: Oh yes, because it had the all
0: backup. the other backups have been horrid, and this one was a Jimenez Damian Bruce story, which was delightful. From what is it, Black and White number five?
2: Yep. Yeah. I think it was number five. that was the same I, as I the, the week's issue. Yeah, I call it the artist issue because that was the issue where all of the artists.
1: Yeah, it was my favorite right. issue of that that run. Oh sure. yeah, easily. Because that was Jamal Campbell too, wasn't it?
2: Yes, it was. Oh
1: yes. Okay, so I don't have any serious listener feedback this time. So if our listeners want to send us any, we'd be happy to read them next time. We have gone a little longer than I thought it would, but I'm glad we took this time because I really wanted to dig into futures uh, to fear state, and I hope that. This has given some clarity for our listeners who are curious, but maybe not reading everything in Fear State. So I hope this gives us a little like a roadmap of what we're doing. Next time, of course, we're going to be covering Batman and Detective Comics. But the the week, the episode after that will again do another catch up with what's happening in Fear State. So I want to thank our patrons. Um, we have a lot of affiliate links uh, where you can buy nerdy stuff like Lego and uh, Amazon and Comixology, but we also have our Batfan Appreciation Wall, which members of our Patreon, who support at a certain level, are put on this wall. And so I'd like to thank Donald Townsend, Lisa Slack, Gerald Green, Ian Miller, Stanton's Grave, Captain America, Austin Davis, Brendan Roberts, Tim Garassi, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stephanie Mouse, Joshua lappin Ed Grouse, Hannah Garr, Mary Garrett, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Rob O., and Hank Bennett. Thank you all. We really appreciate that you help keep us on the servers and uh, keep this conversation going about the Batman universe. Until next time, I've been Ian. This is Steph. And this is Theo. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.